Hey everyone, welcome back to the Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lenehan. Graeme Stonage is the UK Sales Director at Veg of Lund, a company whose latest creation is making waves in the plant-based milk space. Doug is a potato-based drink that was launched in the Irish market earlier this year and has major plans to further disrupt the dairy market. Today, Graeme explains why Doug is yet another great alternative to traditional milk, what the challenges have been for the company in terms of adaptation, and shares some of the exciting and innovative ways potato milk has already enhanced the lives of those who have adopted it. Thank you so much for listening as always. If you enjoy this podcast episode, don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend. Over to my conversation with Graham. Graham, thank you so much for taking the time. It's such an exciting conversation to be having because I feel like the climate has never been more ready for plant-based everything. It's like a couple of years ago, suggesting a plant-based milk or anything plant-based people were like shocked and didn't really know. And now it's just become part of our everyday language. So thank you so much for taking the time. How are you and where are you speaking to us today in the world? Uh, well, I'm in ross on in Herefordshire. I was going to say sunny, although it's just clouded over a little bit. <laughs> I think there's uh, thunderstorms imminent. But um, yes, that's where I am in, in England, just about. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having a, a chat about plant-based and potato milk in particular. Well, tell me everything about Doug. This is a brand that I've seen pop up on different social channels and I've seen it start to come in into the ether here in Ireland. But can you tell us everything about the company and, and your, your own role at Doug? Wow. Uh, how long have you got? I mean, I know <laughs> this is only a short podcast, Joe, but um, yeah, Doug is uh, a um, Swedish-based company. It was founded at the University of Lund near Malmö in Sweden and by Professor Eva Thornburg, who um, has spent her life working in food nutrition and all the beneficial uh, elements of that, um, with a view to uh, providing sustainable, healthy, nutritious foods going forward. And um, she determined upon the fact that um, plant-based milks were being produced with other products other than you know nut and oat and so on and so forth and she um she thought that there must be a better alternative there must be a more sustainable um more nutritious alternative and uh, she thought why not potato which is an interesting concept and i think you have to just have a little bit of a a weird take on the world in order to uh, see how those two come together but she uh, she did and she was determined to align the uh, the proteins in potato with the um, with those in uh, rapeseed oil to create um, a fantastic formula which creates the emulsion which is the basis of all the products that we produce. Now that research and effort took place in the early 20 teens or whatever they call them, and um, the process for uh, producing the product was globally patented in around about 2015, 2016, I think it was. And since then, of course, we've worked on the product, the branding, the, um, the approach, the, and, and all of that to get it into a position ready to launch um, into retail, health stores, and um, coffee shops and food service. So there's three main types of dog milk now, right? There's like a barista yep. type and there's two more. Can you tell us a little bit about the three varieties? Yeah, of course. There's the original um, 
dug milk, which is where it started, which was a, which was about producing a, a milk alternative that sort of matched your normal cow milk, if you like. And um, and that's that's where we where the product started. But it, it was realized relatively quickly that um, uses of milk are, are broader than than just the ordinary milk would normally allow. And so therefore they um, we focused on the development of a, a coffee variety and um, and due to the rapidly growing skimmed variety, we uh, we went for an unsweetened as well. I mean, for me, whenever I see a new plant-based milk, I, I the first thing I think of is people will want it in their coffee. So having that barista variety, I'm sure was really important to you guys. Um, what has been the response to people? I mean, what was your reaction the first time you tasted it? Because like you said, it takes a very special person to like think of potatoes and come up with the concept of milk. I suppose now we were the same when we heard of, like you said, nut milk or, you know, it took a while for us to get used to. So when, when, when you first heard of potato milk, what did you think and what was the, the first tasting like? Um, well, and then the, the then CEO called me and said that he was, he had this great new product that he was thinking of bringing to the UK. I checked the calendar to check that it wasn't April the 1st um, because it's like, really? And and I think that's most people's reaction in the first place. It's like, how on earth can you get milk from a potato? And um, and, and and didn't even think in terms of the... Um, um, the, the the process or whatever and so on and and, and I, I I just said well I think you're nuts I think you're balmy but um, let's try some let's see what it tastes like so um, so that's that that was kind of my first reaction but obviously curious to know what it tasted like once I tasted some and realised that actually it was a pretty good alternative then um, all of a sudden your, the interest uh, ramps up a little bit and you think yeah this is something the UK market could go for because it is surprising it's like you're expecting I don't know what you're expecting like as somebody I enjoy potatoes in all forms fried baked everything <laughs> so it was really hard to imagine but it's delicious and you would never link the vegetable to the finished product there are so many health benefits and obviously that comes back to what you were saying about the founder and why she started it but can you tell us a little bit about how healthy it is because it has a long list of really amazing nutritional benefits well it does well anything that obviously that is in a, in a potato that's good for you then um, that is in is in dug um, it's slightly watered down obviously but um, it, it is uh, they, they are there so it's uh, it's um, rich in all the constituents that potatoes are rich in but in, in addition to that you've got the the benefits of rapeseed oil which contains a little bit of omega-3 and so on and um, you find this folic acid in in the product and various other um, elements that, that you don't actually turn around. We can't turn around and say Doug is is healthy because somebody will find a reason that Doug isn't healthy because that's the way the world is. But what you can say is it brings a lot of nutritional benefits that other products don't bring or different nutritional benefits to other products. And it has much more climate um, credentials or climate friendly credentials than um, than the competitors it's it's more sustainable and um, it has a taste which is 
a neutral taste, I think, when it when it's used in coffee and when it's used on cereals and when it's used particularly in, in um, baking and food manufacture, it, it produces a light, uh, sweeter type of product, which um, which people aren't expecting. Completely. And like you said, it's just offering people another alternative to dairy. And, you know, especially here in Ireland, we're such a dairy focused country. You know, it's a lot of our industry comes back to dairy production, but more and more people are finding cutting dairy out of their diet is not only more beneficial for the planet, but they actually do feel better, especially for people who have skin conditions and everything. Um, it's just great to have another another option. So in terms of the coming to the UK, what were the challenges in marketing it and getting people to try it? Because like we've already said, it's a surprising thing to hear. Do you think that the temperature was right because people have become so accustomed to, you know, meat-free burgers and all these different plant-based products? Is it, a, is it an easier environment to get people open-minded about this than it would have been, you know, even 10 years ago, do you think? I think, I think yes, it absolutely is the answer to that. I think it, it's, uh very very easy to get people to try a new oat variant because oat has been around for quite a long time it's established itself as the main alternative and and therefore um people will try different oat variants just to try the difference in taste and so on and so forth i think it's a little bit harder when you look at a, a different base so potato and especially one as challenging as potato in in terms of consumer psyche as we we talked about because um the consumer imagination from a from a potato tuber to a a glass of milk it, it, the journey is quite a hard one um so trial is absolutely key to it and getting people to try it getting people to become advocates for it um that's that's really key but i also think that what helped in a in one way even though it didn't help in a lot of ways is um lockdown and um the reason i think that is because a lot of people took a step back and looked at what they were eating what they were drinking what was in it what was good for the planet what wasn't so good for the planet and and so the the mind was opened to other alternatives which maybe in the um rigmarole and, and rush of everyday life people wouldn't have thought about but having to set step back and find something different because otherwise it was the same old same old every single day i think a lot of people tried it i also think that there is um is it gen z or what do they call them next um anyway um people my kids age who, uh, i think we're running out of letters <laughs> yeah. at this stage <laughs> yeah and uh, younger people who are have grown up with plant-based alternatives available and therefore it's not such a um not such an anathema and not so far out as it as it was 10 15 years ago to try anything plant-based also you've got to give it to all the manufacturers who are producing plant-based burgers and, and other plant-based products the quality of those products has gone on come on massively in the last <coughs> excuse me <coughs> in the last 10 to 15 years to the so, so that people know that if they do try it they're at least going to get a quality product even if it's not one that they like
that is so true I think before that was one of the challenges with anything that was you know more sustainable people felt like they would compromise you know if it was beauty they'd compromise on efficacy if it was food they'd compromise on taste before people used to when you said like a vegan burger or meat-free burger and now people really don't know the difference so that's such a great point that the quality is there and I guess that's one of the reasons that dog is enjoying the success it is is because yes it's plant-based and yes it's from a potato but that's kind of second to the fact that it's a great alternative in whatever way you want to enjoy it and and I think one of the key things that we've always focused on above everything else is taste and um, because ultimately it doesn't matter how good for the environment it is doesn't matter how um, nutritious it is. If it doesn't taste good, then people are not going to um, not going to buy into it. And so that's 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 the thing. It, it, getting the taste right, and 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 we're constantly working on it, constantly evolving it to try and, and find you know to keep it improving all the time. What are the customers using it in most? Do you think is it coffees? Is it baking? When you hear back from people who love it and have integrated this as part of their everyday routines, what are the areas that they're really loving dog for? That varies as as much as the consumers do, but where we uh, obviously it's used in coffee, the barista is used in coffee. We've got a number of coffee shops that uh, are kind of flagship or ambassador coffee shops where they they use it extensively. Um, I personally use the cereal. Um, I'm totally, totally dugged as far as uh, breakfast cereal is concerned. Um, and, and, and because I think because of uh, the fact that it's got all the benefits it has got um, without some of the um, negatives that dairy has. So, so that, that's one, and I like the taste, obviously. Uh, Added to which it's being used extensively in food manufacturing. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So the unsweetened in particular makes a makes a really, really good bechamel sauce. So if you want to do a vegetarian lasagna or vegan lasagna, then absolutely fine for that. Or you could even do a, a lasagna with meat and using Duggar's bechamel sauce should you want to. Um, but also that there are Kirsty's for example, use it in their fish pie um, because let's face it, what better to make mashed potato with than mashed potato um, and probably more versatile than some of the other plant-based alternatives because it doesn't leave a taste. And what we're finding is food manufacturers are moving away from using uh, coconut milk because they're having, having to add other ingredients to mask the taste of the coconut. And um, with with Doug, of course, you don't have to do that. So uh, so yeah, and um, I'm reliably informed that mac and cheese is really good with it as well. So um, so that's good. And um, we have got a couple of customers who are trialing it in ice cream. No way! What, sorry, what a brilliant idea! There's so many great vegan and vegetarian restaurants and cafes here, and like that makes total sense. That you know, replacing it with whatever vegan concoction you could just use Doug instead that's so clever I know you touched briefly on how difficult it is to create a milk from potato can you give us like a whistle stop tour of how it's actually extracted and turned into the milk what we do is we take flaked potato and the reason for that is you use a lot more of the potato 
um, than if you, than if it were peeled and, and and sliced or whatever. So we we use flaked potatoes, um, and we emulsify that with rapeseed oil, and um, that process can take anything up to about six hours until you get the emulsion in the right consistency. Um, then it's a case of um, diluting it with water and adding in the other the other ingredients not that they're massive or many of them but adding those in to balance it and to um and to uh, work to help the um, the proteins to min mingle together within the within the emulsion and to remain so uh, remain as a solid structure beyond that i can't tell you anymore you'd have to uh, you'd have to be a Food nutritionist with sort of fifty years in experience in order to understand it, which um, which Ava is, and she does a fantastic job with uh, refining it the whole time. So it's so exciting, and it's just such a great time to be, you know, talking to you about this because, like we said, it feels like the temperature and the climate is just right for new products like this. And I definitely think in Ireland there is an appetite and thirst for more plant-based. I think there's you know, such a community built around it of people who are plant-based day to day and those who are just curious. Do you see this as being something that's going to be as easy to order in Irish coffee shops as your almond or your oat or your coconut milk? Is that the goal? That is the, that is the ambition. The ambition is uh, ultimately to be the, the uh, first choice alternative. Um, I think ultimately you'd want to be, yeah, the first choice alternative and you would see yourself as milk being the uh, ultimate competition. But before you get there, you have to uh, establish yourself as best in class, if you like, amongst all the other contenders. Um, so if you want to challenge the champion, you have to become as good as, if not better than the other contenders. So uh, that's the, that's the uh, short-term goal. Long-term goal, obviously, is to take a bigger share of the, the dairy market. Don't tell all the dairy farmers that. <laughs> I think they know it's coming. I think they've had, you know, nearly 20 years now of all of this plant-based gathering speed. So I think they know um, you might start having lots of potato farmers in Ireland start to get in touch and say they want to sell <laughs> 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 absolutely and, and that that's one of the other beauties of potato um wherever we go in the world and the mission is to establish doug globally um wherever you go in the world you can grow potatoes basically you don't need a particular type of soil or climate or so on and so forth you um obviously yields are different and sizes of potatoes are different but because we use the flaked version and we use more more of the potato um that's largely I was going to say irrelevant. It, it's not important where you grow it in the world. So as we expand globally, the, the idea would be that the product is produced as near to the, um, the uh, ultimate destination as possible, because, of course, that keep, keeps down the carbon footprint and, I, and that enables us to maintain our sustainability credentials. The other thing I would say, and people do ask the question is, um, why don't you use organic potatoes? And um, because obviously organic has got a lot of uh, benefits to it. But the, uh, the answer to that is all about yield and it's, it's about the waste. So we're, we're focused on, on, on waste as well as uh, nutrition and so on. So it, it is about the yield from the potatoes and how much of the potato you can, um, you can 
effectively use versus what you have to throw away. So food waste is another key consideration in, in the current climate. Therefore, we it was an active decision to choose not to use organic. Great to hear that that was a consideration and that you weighed it up. And I think, you know, for a lot of these sustainable companies or new products, you do have to make a decision. Like, even though organic sounds better, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be better for the environment. So it's really cool that you guys consider that and, and made a decision based on that. Is sustainability something that is considered across the company? Obviously being plant-based is amazing, but is it something that you consider in other areas too? It sounds like you do if you're thinking about waste and, and even transport. It, it absolutely is. And I mean, a, a classic example is the outer case that we use, which is a, which is a plain white cardboard case. Um, it's, it's minimal. Um, in terms of the amount of cardboard um, and it's as I say it's plain white now we are looking at how do we make that more identifiable as as a duck case but obviously then you've got to make sure that the ink is um, sustainable from sustainable sources and is car as, as carbon neutral as possible that you don't use too many colors you don't use too much of it so that there are that that's that is a, a, a great example of how we're looking to find a, a solution that will give us a outer case that is as sustainable as the packaging that we put the product in. So we worked with Tetra Pak originally in order to develop the the one liter carton. And so that is recyclable, all all by the little plastic cap on the top. And again, we're looking at solutions for that as well. But that'll be down the line. Um, what else can I tell you? Yes, that, that's it in terms of examples of sustainability. And, and we're constantly checking our carbon footprint and measuring uh, where, we, where we sit relative to other, other products, but equally in terms of where we would want to be, which would be zero. So in terms of what people should know about dog, if somebody comes across dog at their supermarket or at their cafe, what would you say to people who are curious but a little bit hesitant? What advice would you give them? About the company is the fact that we care about our consumers and we care about what our consumers think. Um, we're, we're always open to any feedback. We're, um, we're a young company. We're a, a very small company, a close-knit company, and we therefore have a a great relationship with our with some of our key customers not you know and um we are open to all the feedback that that's available we want people to try the product and my advice to anybody who who's looking at it and thinking is is forget that it's from a potato forget any preconceptions and just try it every time we do shows where we say to people just just try some the reaction is hugely positive i would say over 90% of people that try it are pleasantly surprised versus their expectation. It's interesting that not many people can articulate what their expectation was, but they are pleasantly surprised versus whatever it was anyway. So, uh, Graham, thank you so much for giving us just a great overview of this amazing new company. It's so exciting. And I'm sure if people have been on the fence, they're definitely going to give it a try now. Thank you so much for sharing the story and the journey. And I have no doubt that you're only just scratching the surface of, of the impact you're going to make here in Ireland. We're so welcome to have another potato product. We can never have too many. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. 
It's an absolute pleasure, Joe. Thank you very much for having me.